0: I am great. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for
0: inviting me. Today we have Alexandra Degado, who is a doctor of physical therapy and a pelvic health specialist. She's going to be talking to us about a lot of the changes that happen with menopause and with aging and what we can do about it. And just a little background for y'all. Um, Alexander saved and changed my life. I was leaving a marriage and wondering if I was going to ever be able to have sex again. I had kind of the perfect trifecta. Chemo, menopause, hardly any sex for a very long time led to not being able to have sex to have a very, uh, what would we call it, Alexander, shriveled vulva? <laughs>
1: i wouldn't i wouldn't use those terms but yes yes the pelvic floor needed some
0: help <laughs> oh i thought those were the technical terms so uh so uh, she i went to her not ever having heard of it because just happy circumstance my counselor that i was seeing while i was um separating from my husband happened to be alexandra's cousin i had never heard of such a thing as pelvic rehab and um it turned out that yes, I can have sex and have a lot of fun doing it thanks to Alexandra. So, yes, so Alexandra, what in your experience um, happens as we age?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I don't think a lot of people know about their pelvic floor, that their pelvic floor is a group of muscles that are under our conscious control. So as we age and our estrogen levels drop, these muscles are not as maybe springy as they once were, but that doesn't mean that you can't still have healthy functional muscles in your pelvic floor. And I feel like people don't even know that they can do rehab to make it better So we sort of live with a little bit of leaking of pee here and there, or maybe some pain with sex, when the reality is we actually don't have to.
0: Mm, That is hopeful. That is very exciting. So can you describe to us some of, and I'd be happy to share also what I did in pelvic rehab, but what we can do to help that pelvic floor?
1: Absolutely. So many people come during menopause specifically because their hormones are changing. And so as the natural kind of estrogen levels in our body decrease, there is a thinning of the vaginal tissue and the vulva tissue, as you had said. And so we need those muscles more than ever. So you can come in to pelvic floor physical therapy and learn about the strength, endurance, coordination and ability to relax those muscles. So sometimes people come in and their muscles are clenching and they're too tight from stress. It's almost like if somebody has TMJ where they clench their jaw all the time, the same thing can happen in the pelvic floor. In that case, we teach those muscles how to lengthen and stretch and calm down. We can do dilator training where we gently stretch those muscles with these cylindrical-shaped cones that gradually stretch the muscles We can use a wand, like a massage tool that goes in and targets specific tight spots in the muscles. And then sometimes people come in with the opposite problem. You know, they might come in and their pelvic floor muscles aren't able to contract or squeeze. And so that can lead to leaking, leaking of urine from the bladder or even leaking from the other end. They may leak gas or leak stool. And we can then work on strengthening and improving the coordination and endurance of the muscles to keep any leakage from happening.
0: Yeah, and also it can just increase the pleasure of your partner if you can consciously squeeze and contract. A
1: hundred percent, yes, absolutely. And so your pelvic floor muscles play an absolutely integral role in sexual function. And so I think getting in touch with those muscles, figuring out where they are, how it feels to squeeze and release them, can definitely improve sex.
0: And I loved, my favorite part of the therapy was the biofeedback yes. part. When I went up inside and I could see on the screen, like, okay, the muscle's relaxing, and, and I could try to relax it further, and I would get, like, you know, I felt like I would get brownie points if I was able to relax and make move that <laughs>
1: That that got hurt. It was so much fun. I think it's so nice to be able to have a visual because the muscles are inside. It's not like your biceps muscle in your arm where you can do a, a curl and see it moving. You know, everything is inside. So to, to use the biofeedback and get that visual on the computer screen is so cool because sometimes people are connecting with these muscles for the first time in their life. And so just saying squeeze and release isn't enough. They need something to go off of at first.
0: Right. And then that helped. And I have to say, everyone out there, this is the only physical therapy where you're side effect and and thus reward is an orgasm i mean really (laughs) what more could you ask for from physical therapy it's so much fun and it has such an effect on your life Um, yeah i'm so glad to hear that from you oh maybe just a quick description of what the vulva is and what the vagina is in case people are unclear
1: Absolutely. So the vulva is the external part of the genitalia. So your vagina is what's inside, and then the vulva is the outside. And inside your vagina is where your pelvic floor lives. So the pelvic floor muscles run from your pubic bone, which is the bone right above that mound right above your clitoris, Mm -hmm. and they run from your pubic bone to your tailbone, which is also called the coccyx. It's right behind your anus. So those muscles sit like a hammock or a bowl inside your pelvis, and there's three layers of muscles, and their job is to keep your organs inside your body and to help you either stop or start the flow of urine and stool and then of course the function that we are enjoying talking about the most is sexual function so those are the muscles that are contracting and then relaxing most importantly during an orgasm
0: and i had a girlfriend that was having a lot of trouble with incontinence um and i think she had surgery of the hammock
1: Yeah, so what they'll do is it's called a sling, and so they'll actually put an artificial sling into the pelvis to hold the bladder up if there's something called a prolapse, which is when the bladder, the uterus, or the colon starts to sag or drop down into the vagina, and you might feel like a pressure or heaviness or a bulge, in which case your muscles aren't really doing their job in holding it up So if you have a chronic cough or you've been straining on the toilet with constipation for a long time, or if you have a traumatic labor and delivery, then you go through menopause years later and the structures, meaning your pelvic floor muscles, are no longer holding your organs up where they belong. And so as they start to drop down, that can be really uncomfortable. So... Typically, I would suggest or I would hope that, um, you know, someone like your friend would try to strengthen their muscles and get good endurance and good positioning on the toilet for bowel movements, you know, fix some of the underlying problems that may be contributing to the prolapse Mm -hmm. before trying surgery. Um, You know, obviously, physical therapy has a lot less risks associated with it, but you can get a sling procedure or sometimes they'll put mesh in to hold your organs up, um, if you are having
0: that. Ah, symptom. okay, okay, interesting. And my yeah. mother has this thing where, like, she'll have to go to the bathroom, and she'll be out somewhere. say at the grocery store. She comes in, and then like as soon as she gets to the garage, she it just lets go, and she's like, she's like, I'm not to the toilet yet. Can you just yes, wait? You
1: can fix this, okay? You, I'm so happy that you brought that up because this is something that you can really fix and, and i'll tell you why so your bladder is very behavioral you know we potty train as kids right we're not born continent so just like if you can picture a cartoon who gets scared and then they pee their pants yeah your brain and your body is going into that fight or flight and um we call it the sympathetic nervous system so when you start to get stressed out and panicky the more stressed you get the more likely it is that you're going to leak so i know this sounds silly but if you take a deep breath You do a few light pelvic floor muscle contractions. You say, I'm in control of my bladder. My bladder is not in control of me. I made it this far. I can make it the rest of the way. And you stay calm. Mm -hmm. It's a lot less likely that you'll leak. It's when you start to say, oh, my God, I'm almost there. I'm not going to make it. That then you're more likely not to make it. That's called urge incontinence. And it's so common that. Doctors will even write key in the door syndrome on prescriptions for physical therapy because you get the key in the door and then suddenly you wet your pants, you know, because you just can't get the key in the door fast enough. And I even had a patient who would sit on her front porch and collect herself and get calm, do a few pelvic floor muscle squeezes, take a deep breath, repeat her mantra, and then she would calmly walk to the bathroom and she never leaked again. It was that easy.
0: Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I'm calling mama as soon as we hang up.
1: I'm so glad. I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else around incontinence or leaking? Or-
1: well, I would say that it's not as straightforward as just strengthening the pelvic floor. And, you know, perhaps that's not totally necessary to say, but it's sometimes people's pelvic floor is too tight. So it's not coordinated enough to relax and contract appropriately in which case sometimes people who are doing a million kegels and not getting anywhere in terms of their leaking Mm -hmm. actually need to learn how to relax their pelvic floor so they can strengthen it appropriately so that's why i would never suggest just blanket kegels for all you know it's really actually important to find out what is your pelvic floor muscles capabilities
0: Mm hmm. OK. And they would do that by going to a specialist like you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, certainly if somebody didn't have one in their area, you can get to know your pelvic floor muscles yourself. You can use a mirror. You can put your hand on your perineum. Really, what you want to feel for is a sense of closing and lifting and then a sense of letting go and releasing. And the release is just as important as the squeeze, as you know.
0: Okay, perineum. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. What yes. Is, where is that?
1: No, I'm so glad that you asked that. The perineum is the space between the front and the back. So the skin that you sit on, kind of behind the vulva in front of the anus. The taint. The taint, exactly.
0: It taints your vulva yep. and it taints your asshole. Okay. Yes. Beautiful, yep. beautiful. Okay. Got it. The, and
1: it. so that area actually is where a lot of people tear or get an episiotomy if they have a vaginal delivery. and then that scar tissue isn't as flexible as regular skin. And so sometimes people have pain with sex right away when that happens, but sometimes the pain doesn't come until menopause when their you know skin is changing in elasticity anyway, and they actually need scar massage. So working on any tightness in
0: their scar can help actually heal or reduce pain with sex. Okay, so we take a mirror, we look at our taint, and we just kind of rub.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so relax. usually, yep. So depending on kind of what the integrity of your skin is, sometimes I'll have people use um, you know some kind of lotion, whether or not it's just a vegetable oil or something else, um, you know, scar massage cream, and you can literally just take your thumb and kind of rub from side to side at the base. Um, where your vulva and vagina end mm-hmm. in front of the anus, if that makes sense. If the if the uh, if the vagina and vulva were a clock, twelve o'clock would be the clitoris, and six o'clock would be the start of the perineum. Oh, okay. Does yes. that make sense? Like how you would just take your thumb right there, and you can just kind of press down and from side to side. And if it's tender or sensitive, then you can say like, "Oh, yeah, that might be why I'm having painless sex."
0: Okay, and then what do you do? Do you back off from there or do you grind it? That's a great question. Part of the rehab,
1: we'll say, when you're having pain during sex is disassociating penetration with pain. So what I mean by that is if you have been having pain with penetrative intercourse then your brain affiliates anything going in there as being painful and you're more likely to sort of clench up and seize up and and not want close the doors and not want anything in there so it's really important when you kind of gently start your program to do just that be gentle you know lovingly touching yourself kind of gently seeing how it feels as opposed to just going full throttle because we're trying to kind of rehabilitate the brain's association with penetration and pain as much as we are the physical body
0: Hmm. yes and you had to work on that very much with me because i've always been a, i'm going to do this fast and be your best student ever and so i wanted to <laughs> as fast as i could get to that biggest dildo because we had like those plastic yeah, the, dilators, the yeah. dilators and you know and I was
1: but
0: like, they do look like dildos, so I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and so I wanted to start with the biggest one, and you're like, "No, no, 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 we don't want to associate it with pain. We're going to start with this one that's like the size of a freaking pencil." I was like, "Now I understand pencil dick. Like maybe that's what I should be looking <laughs> for, in my man." And but I wanted to be open in my dating to all sizes, so I was like, yeah. "Okay, so I'll start with the pencil until if that doesn't have pain, Then then go yes, to the next absolutely. size."
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just so impressed with your memory of the instructions. That's perfect.
0: Oh, okay. tell you, this changed my life, like I'm so glad.
1: Well. And just while we're on the topic, I just want to say... Um, since we were talking about penis size, one thing that I wish every woman in the world would know, or every person with a vagina and a clitoris would know, um, is that they need clitoral stimulation for orgasms. So, I mean, I think the stats are like 90% of people with a clitoris need significant clitoral stimulation. So... Wow. At the end of the day, I don't think, you know, the size is, is really what matters. It's sort of like, let me introduce you to my clitoris type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or getting to know it yourself. You know, a lot of women come to me and they're like, I've never had an orgasm. And I feel like the media sort of portrays sex as something that's really not focused on women's pleasure. And so then, unfortunately, there's not a lot of education about what actually feels good. So I just throw that out there since we're on the topic, because I think it's so valuable to figure out what feels good in your body.
0: Mm. Oh, and you may have beautiful. to explore that
1: yourself. You know, you can't expect your partner to, to immediately know. Mm-hmm. You can kind of guide them.
0: Yeah, and, and invite them to explore.
1: Oh, absolutely, which is so fun. <laughs> absolutely. And, hey, and there's another positive of getting older, is kind of losing some of those self-conscious inhibitions and, and being honest right like mm. saying this is my body i deserve pleasure you know I, I deserve to feel great and there it is right exploring yourself and, and kind of inviting your partner to do it with you
0: speaking of partners as we age of course the uh gentlemen and we're going to get to partners without penises next um yeah. but a partner with a penis some of those issues do you de- deal with any of those
1: tell me yes yeah, so are you are we talking about do i treat men
0: yeah, and how that affects us women as we age—the fact that the man might not be able to get hard as easily—and yep, and absolutely. and what, you know, like my yeah. my partner, I'm like, baby, I like it in all of its forms. Like, it feels yep. different, and yeah, so there's no pressure.
1: Absolutely, and so I do treat a lot of men throughout the lifespan, and some of them are uh, undergoing prostate cancer surgery and prostate cancer is so common amongst men and then one of the side effects of the surgery is that they leak pee um and it is naturally just as as it is for women very embarrassing and feel they feel very self-conscious about it and that can affect intimacy um that surgery also impacts uh, sexual function. So yes, they can come in for pelvic floor muscle reeducation and to help their pelvic floor muscles get strong again. Actually, the therapy is for all genders.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So now I've personally never been with a partner without a penis but that people who do have them, are there issues that they encounter, especially as they're aging?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think we could go so many ways with this question and conversation pelvic floor physical therapists treat patients undergoing gender affirming surgery. Mm-hmm. So we actually treat people that are having inversion vaginoplasties. Um, what that means is turning a penis into a vagina. So in that case, we completely re-educate the pelvic floor muscles. We use the dilators to help keep that neo-vagina open. Um, and then they are also learning kind of their own sexuality and what feels good in this new form. Mm. But yeah, I mean, across the spectrum of sexualities, I think everybody goes through the changes of menopause. I think certainly same-sex couples are dealing with the same issues. So just being open with each other and kind of saying what hurts and what feels good and, and
0: springing for the good lubricant, regardless of whether or not there's a penis involved lubes let's talk lubes yes i would love to okay so lubricant i could
1: get on a soapbox about because (laughs) a lot of the drugstore brands have some crazy chemicals in them that are hormone disruptors in and of themselves um and then also many of them are glycerin based which actually will end up making your vagina more dry and so the lubricant that you choose is super important. You want it to be water-based, paraben-free, and glycerin-free. There's several that I like. So I use Slippery Stuff in the clinic, which is a kind of funny name. I'm sure I used that one with you. Oh,
0: that's I the like, brand name?
1: Yep. Oh, okay. uh-huh. I like FemGlide. Um, there's one that is called P-J-U-R, Um I don't exactly know how to pronounce it, but that one is really good. And the whole point of the lubricant is to moisturize, you know, and keep the vagina friction-free or less friction. And so... Unfortunately, the lubes that have glycerin and some of the other chemicals, they may make it lubricated for a very short period of time, but then they end up drying out the tissue even more afterwards, and so that's not good for long-term use. Meanwhile, we need the lube for long-term use, so it's really worth it to spend the money and get the nicer lube. Okay. And it's not even that expensive, really. It's just, I've noticed that it's hard to find in the drugstores.
0: So none of those have estrogen in them? correct okay that's great for those of us who have had estrogen positive breast cancer correct um, yep okay so do you have any though times that you do prescribe with the estrogen yes
1: yeah, so estrace and premarin um are creams that you can put in your vagina that help with some of the tissue thinning. I wouldn't categorize those as lubricants, but they do, people do use them to help with their natural lubrication. Um, And physical therapists, we don't prescribe those. So that wouldn't be my area. Sometimes people use what's called replens and that doesn't have hormones in it but it does it is like a longer lasting vaginal moisturizer so it kind of soothes the dry vagina and replenishes it um, without the hormones
0: okay now i've never used any of these does this make it like slippery does it leak into your underwear after
1: great question so lubricant during sex i would say yes it can should you put down towels I use it all the time, especially since I'm breastfeeding and my estrogen levels are probably menopausally low
0: mm-hmm. okay. right now
1: as I'm breastfeeding, oh, and I've never had a problem of it getting on the sheets or anything like that. Um, typically, I would say people kind of have their partner put it on themselves, and then you can put it around the entrance of your vulva. They, the entrance is called the introitus, like right where the opening of the vagina is, and that will make it easier for penetration and more comfortable.
0: Oh, Beautiful anything else about loops?
1: those are the big things okay. i mean i think everybody should use it i recommend it to all my patients because i feel like certainly in the life sp- in the time of life that i'm in right now we need it um any women that are breastfeeding will absolutely need it But then once you are going through menopause and your hormones are changing, your body's natural ability to lubricate goes down. And so even if you're turned on and you're ready and you're interested and you're feeling aroused, your lubrication level may not match how you're feeling. So if you've ever had, you know, friction or pain during sex, why not, you know, use it, especially if you're using the right
0: one. And it sounds like then that you can get into this kind of slippery slope, ha ha ha, um, <laughs> where. Pain then lowers the libido, which then can make you stress, which then can cause more pain. But there's so much hope because it sounds like there's so many things that if one thing doesn't work for you, they can come to you and you can offer another option. Absolutely. Recession.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And I think if there is pain, or if, even if there's not pain, but just n- not the amount of pleasure that you think there should be, the message here is that there can be. And and I really think that if if people advocate for themselves and and as we as we know this is all about empowerment people deserve to feel pleasure and it's possible to feel pleasure so I think that's really the message yeah at any age
0: yes Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. and so you know um I've even had some patients who still want to be intimate with their partner and they're not quite dealing, totally ready and they'll use Desert Harvest makes this combo of lubricant with a little bit of lidocaine in it. So if they're just having some sensitivity at the entrance, they can use it and it will decrease the pain and still allow them to be intimate with their partner. So I would say that's not the long-term goal, but it's nice to be able to use it while they're working on decreasing the pain.
0: Okay. Is coconut oil another?
1: Yeah, a lot of people use coconut oil. Um, You know, it's antimicrobial. Many people find that it is totally healthy, safe, and appropriate to use vaginally. I would say that would be a little bit messier. Okay. Okay. And then I just wanted to say out loud that Relievium is the name of the Desert Harvest product that has the oh, okay. lidocaine in it. Okay. So it's the highest percentage of lidocaine that's not prescription. All right, great. So it's just, you can just go online and buy it. So that can be a super skin repair cream, but it can be super for people with and psoriasis, shingles, lichen sclerosa. If there's other eczema, vulvodynia, if there's other kind of more topical issues that are preventing you from being able to have penetrative intercourse or be intimate with your partner it's a great adjunct to therapy
0: this is so exciting i didn't Um, realize that you didn't write prescriptions
1: no and that's that is kind of the wonderful thing about physical therapy and and why when i was determining which direction i wanted to go in i was so attracted to physical therapy because it truly is an exercise based and manual therapy based physical rehabilitation my personal feelings about pharmaceuticals is that they can be really over prescribed and if you can use your own hands to help somebody heal then that's a great option
0: hmm. well and also i found at least your approach you're the only one that i went to but you you're not a counselor but i found that you did also help me with my emotional well-being around this and oh, and so just glad. you were a cheerleader and and just offered such hope and really helped me to relax not just on the physical level but on the the emotional level and the mental level as well so I wasn't fighting my my body so I thank you for that I feel so
1: happy to say I I also feel like part of that is the connection between your brain and your body and your what you're thinking about and how you're feeling about your body and yourself during sex is so important Women especially, I think, can be really aroused by what's on their mind, and I think they've proven that women can actually orgasm just from thoughts alone, not not all women, but some of them have been able to do that, and so if your mind is on your to-do list, if your mind is on, like, ouch, this hurts, if your mind is on, oh, I don't like the way my body looks or feels, and not on the physical sensations of the intimacy with your partner or whatever turns you on I feel like that plays a huge role so yes I, I, the mental part of it is so important
0: mm-hmm. huge 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 um, absolutely now if we decide that let's say someone doesn't know about your offering or they're they they do not want to go and they decide they're just gonna grit through sex no matter how much pain it is can they do damage to their selves well, that's a good question. I mean, I think that would be
1: spiritually, physically, and emotionally damaging to grit through it and repeatedly have sex with pain it certainly depends on how aggressive your partner is being but i do think continuing to have sex when there's pain reinforces for your brain and your body that that there is a trauma happening so with rehabilitation surrounding this we would start with pain-free touch in that area pain-free penetration with something that's not causing pain and gradually increase the stimulation and kind of the size of the dilator, for example, there. So I would never recommend that someone grit and bear it and and continue.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's what we're learning from you here today, Alexandra, is that we don't have to have pain and we don't have to not have sex because we have pain. We can have pain-free sex at any age. There's so many things that you can offer to your patients and that there is hope for us and that we should all yeah. be running and to. You.
1: I would go a step further and say, not just pain-free sex, but pleasurable we'll sex. You know? Absolutely. And so that's really the bottom line is that, you know, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot of commitment from, from you, but it's so possible and it's so worth it.
0: Yep, for ourselves. And then if our partner's having problems, there's things that they, the partner can do. And there's always hope. There's always an alternative and a solution that can be found.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad you said that, because sometimes people even use their dilators ahead if they know they're going to be intimate with their partner, almost as a warm-up. You know, they'll kind of work with the dilators, get things a little bit more... Um, open and ready and then they'll be intimate with their partner and then some people choose to have their partner help them with the dilators. so that could be even a part of foreplay Um, and everybody's different so sometimes people prefer to do it in privately Mm -hmm. and you know not involve their partner and then other people involve their partner to the point where I teach their partner how to do the trigger point release with their tight muscles and then they are able to continue that at home and then I've been seeing patients virtually right now, and, you know, even just over the computer screen, you know, you can teach somebody how to use these things, and they can do it on their own at home.
0: Awesome. Awesome. yeah, Fantastic. Is there anything else you would like to share with us today?
1: Well, I would say that knowledge is power, and, you know, I've been reading lately about the the concept of body literacy, and don't Blame yourself if you don't know these things about your body. I I don't know that we're well-educated about this unless Mm. we seek it out. And learning, it's never too late to learn about your pelvic floor and connect with that part of you. So I guess that would be my final message is, you know, empower yourself by learning about what's down there and what it feels like, what it looks like. You know, you may feel squeamish using a hand mirror and checking it out, but it's yours and it's beautiful and unique.
0: I love it. Thank you. Yeah, so oh, helpful. Alexandra, I am so excited. And I'm sure many people out there listening are just feeling empowered by you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you got some helpful nuggets from that. I know I just learned a ton. Thank you so much to Dr. Alexandra Dorado, who practices at Boston Pelvic Physical Therapy. Remember, there's always hope. There's always a way. Thank you for joining us here and that's The Thing About Aging.